0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast.
1: City Limits. Brought to us by the People's
0: Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am.
2: City limits
1: is Melbourne's only art devoted to our urban environment.
0: To transport and planning and housing issues.
1: To privatisations and our utility services.
0: To building and/or maintaining a sense of community. Eight five five on the AM band. If we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City, City limits.
3: limits.
1: Okay, City Limits is on the air uh, Karina is in today, she's doing panelling for us And Karina is um, going to be panelling more regularly I think, why well, don't I ask her to say anything uh, Gab Reid's in the studio as well John McPherson's in the studio Because it's Transport Day, it's the first Wednesday of the month It's our last Transport Day of the year, John we need a little bit of a yeah. wrap up And I'm Kevin Healy by the way Or even not by the way, I am anyway um, And um, Gab, just while you're here, congratulations, yesterday's programming uh, was excellent, and I noticed, I don't know if it was deliberate or, co- or coincidental, but this morning's Brekkie show sort of followed up the theme a bit with a couple of interviews, was that deliberate? You can nod or... Yeah. yeah. Good, okay. Um, so there you are. Uh, that was, of course, about, that. just for those who weren't listening, um, about people with, it was Disability Day yesterday, and we did a whole program on disabilities, and, and just on that, John... Um, Yep. Uh, I see, I read recently where only about some very low percentage of Melbourne tram stops are still accessible. Mm. I mean, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yep. So people can get on the bloody thing and they can't get off when they want to at times or can't get on where they want there's to. Not,
2: and, there's not one uh, complete tram route that's, that's fully accessible
1: um, and in fact but of course 15 years it will be because ever since i've been involved and we got involved with fighting years. disabilities <laughs> yes. going back into the 70s somewhere it's always going to be 15 years totally accessible and it still is yes <laughs> so <laughs> that's always good to know yeah. i'm going to pour yeah. some tea john you and i are the only ones drinking it i think today. oh well that's all right yeah karina's knocked karina's us back yeah, she, she rejected coffee. us yeah. knocked us back yeah. <laughs> Gabe, been talking knocking us back, so we're nowhere here. There we are, that's tea. Uh, take a cup, John, yeah, thanks. Thanks, um and, um and it's your favourite today, white tea, Chinese white yeah, tea. So yeah, like yeah, um, Not quite as good for you as green no, tea. No, no, but the, the tram stop, um, and mm. I had trouble with it last Saturday, but um, we'll go to, go to that because I want to talk about some other issues, but. But the tram stop, as you come up to the tram stop at Royal Park um, yep. mm-hmm. Station, which is a long, long way from the West Coburg terminus, John, mm-hmm. it says this is the last accessible tram stop. So, right. if you want to go to West Coburg, it's a long, bloody push in a wheelchair from the from Royal <laughs> Park Station. Um, well, I
2: think it might be the message might be don't try to get there from here, or here from there,
1: whatever. Yeah, just. Yeah. A, no, but well. we will talk a bit later um, about. And a, and a lot of the closures happening are to improve the system So we don't, we're don't in mm. favour of that mm. uh, If at the end we get a better system But at the mm. moment there's a lot of closures around Where people aren't getting information I've had yep. a, a three or four examples And you told me one last week Where, and I had one last Saturday In fact coming home from Big Market uh, Where they're just not giving you any information no. About what the alternative is Or whether there is a bloody alternative
2: Well I... By now, because of the amount of work going on over the last few years, I think they should have developed systems where they can, you know, from their point of view, put out information at all stops, giving people the basics about what's going on and mm. what's going on. Mm. Uh, but th- they don't. They, um, it, it, it seems to be random. It sometimes happens, it sometimes doesn't. Yeah. Um, you can't necessarily believe the information that is out there and that's a bit um, that's a bit crazy too of course
1: yeah well we've got numerous examples, and i 'm sure people listening if they use public transport probably have their own mm. um, but um it just it just needs to be improved dramatically because... Um, it's just totally inadequate, and we we'll, might talk about that a bit later. Yep. Also, on today's show, by the way, we're going to be talking shortly, um, just for five minutes or so. But we don't get too many chances to gloat on this program around campaigns that we've talked about. Right. And mm-hmm. the Save Footscray Parks people last week had a victory, um, and so we're going to talk. Hey, we're, yes. we're going to be talking to Gemma Caparella from that campaign. Um, in the first half of the yes, show for Yes, that was or so, fascinating. Yeah. It seemed yeah, like the so, council
2: completely changed its so point well, of you. That's
1: mm-hmm. right. So well, I think it was forced to because I think it was very much in favour of doing it in the first place. Mm. Uh, you were pleased to know, John, by the way, that there's a lot of money in death. Yeah. Yes, and um, <laughs> a mob called InfoCare, or a funeral giant, it says, <laughs> were accused of charging fees for no service. This comes out of uh, a choice study. Uh, The company which operates the high profile brands White Lady Funerals and Simplicity Funerals, Simplicity say they're cheap, that's why they're called Simplicity Mm -hmm. anyway, has been challenged over its practice of adding an unnecessary late fee of $352 by default to its bills. The invoices clearly show InvoCare Funeral Homes incorporating the late fee into the total figure of all invoices. If families pay before or on the due date, the fee is supposed to be deducted, Choice said. Said its investigation found the charge appeared on bills as an administration fee when it clearly was not. The practice is absolutely disgraceful and it goes on, but just sort of mention that and right. load it up, so... Don't die soon, okay. John. No, yeah. Although you won't have to pay it, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> well, that is the point, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the, the. Uh, the though I thought this was interesting. After the, um, after, I, don't know, I mean, we won't. We won't praise it, but something got into Pauline Hanson's head last week, and she came out and opposed the uh, the smash the unions bill, mm, mm. uh, so called integrity smash the unions. And uh, the government's very upset about this, and said and said that she um, she let them down. She they, they thought she was going to vote, and she voted the wrong way, etc. And Pauline said, "Now this is a tough one." Okay, right, big choice here, big choice. People, Pauline said. People can trust me more than they can trust the government. Um, Yeah. Okay, which way? It's a close run (laughs) thing. (laughs) Well, it's a short half-head job, isn't it? That's right. I I uh, wouldn't like to do that. No, that's right. The steward having to adjudicate that one. (laughs) But but arising from it, Scott uh, Morrison came out a couple of days ago and said it, it was shocking that bankers face tougher penalties than, quote, union thugs. Oh, so, right. obviously, getting a, 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 a stronger penalty for, say, 23 million offences, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. child pornography, mm-hmm. um, how dare you face a tougher penalty than, say, a union official demanding safety on the job mm-hmm. and entering a mm-hmm. site illegally. Yep, yep. I mean, it's, there's no comparison mm-hmm. legally, is there? Right?
2: No, it's, no, it is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You've got to look yeah. after your own class interests, so. that seems to be the
1: message there. Ah, I didn't realise that. Did yeah. that? Okay, well, you've, you've jumped <laughs> on something there, Ola. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sip of tea, there we go. Um, now, Scott Morrison also said this week, and this is in relation to the Chinese bloke who's claimed... Uh, and he probably is. He's being held in pretty ordinary conditions at the moment in China. Australian citizen. Um, seriously horrible. Yeah. Seriously horrible. Mm. But Scott said, "Look, we always have to stand up for our citizens. We have to be true to those who, etc. Uh, we represent as a people, and who we are as a people." Now that's all very well, except I haven't heard him say much about Julian Assange of late. No, um, indeed. No. Indeed I haven't heard him say anything about Julian Assange other than probably he deserves to spend the rest of his life in an American prison. Uh, and James Rickardson, the bloke who was the filmmaker who was done in non pen yep. for um, flying a drone, he didn't realise was in the wrong spot and he did a, he, he was yep. in, he was locked up for fifteen months. Mm. He's come out very strongly. Um, in favour, he says the evidence that Julian Assange is not being treated fairly in accordance with UK law is now overwhelming, as is evidence of the psychological torture he has been subjected to in Belmarsh prison, Belmarsh prison. If Assange does die in prison, will you, with a clear Christian conscience, this is to Morrison, be able to inform the Australian public in all honesty that you did all within your power and more to protect Assange's legal and human rights? Um, He points out that it was former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull who intervened to secure his release despite the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade's insistence that it could not interfere with another country's legal proceedings. This is how diplomacy works. You can pick up the phone, Mr Morrison, and speak with whoever the United Kingdom's next Prime Minister is is requesting that Julian Assange not be extradited, etc., etc. Yeah, well,
2: um, on, on the issue of Julian Assange, it's... He's been kept, kept under the conditions they keep, very dangerous terrorists in, in Belmarsh Prison, which is a Mm-mm. notoriously harsh British prison. There's no, I, I can't see why he would need to be kept under harsh conditions in any way. No, um, no he's a bit of a He's, he's actually yeah. been given a broken down computer to use apparently only in the oh, last few good, weeks. But good, Of yeah. course, no inter- internet access or anything oh, like that. No, 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 of course no, no. not.
1: Um, and um, he's also, of One course, hour of, um, he's, he's doing... He's exposed, uh, uh,
2: you know, outside... Once a day, yeah
1: mm. But apart from being held for extradition He's doing 12 months for breaking bail mm. On a charge that's now been dropped anyway mm. Mm. Um, But mm. it's all beside the yeah. point point. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Rudd even came out And, um, and said that you know, Australia must do a lot more for him So when he comes out well oh, goodness me um, And look, we'll go to Gemma sh- soon But I just want to raise this one mm-hmm. um, the, um, There was a bloke a bloke sprung in, well, he wasn't sprung, he was walking around openly in Southland Shopping Centre last week wearing a swastika, and a woman, um, and a Jewish woman who was quite upset about that, uh, has raised it, but she said the man was smiling and chatting with a Kmart security officer. They're probably all the same sort of mentality. <laughs> um, but she said he was wearing a large red armband over his clothing with a hugely visible swastika, and um, the other people are pointing out that um, these people are becoming more dangerous and more open. So it's
2: yeah, well, quite it's, a worry. Yeah, certainly, well, it's certainly offensive.
1: Yep, absolutely. And just to finish up before we go to Gemma, because we had, you know, this week's, we may as well say this week's, because it's almost passe now. I don't know if we bother raising it. But a mob called Courier's Please is this week's. Uh, Underpaying workers offender. Oh, okay. um, yes, as much as nineteen thousand each for employees because um, they they failed to pay a paid meal break for eight years to their employees. So, ah, terrific. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So just thought I'd mention them and just just in passing. Um, oh,
2: uh, the supervision <laughs> from our. Um... Their work, whatever they're called, it seems to be pretty um,
1: yeah. pretty tight. And yeah. speaking of Julian Assange, by the way, just in mm. passing, there was mm. also the criticism this week about the fact that the British police really didn't pursue complaints about Prince Thingo um, and his involvement with an underage mm. woman. Saw that. Where they've been, but they've been sort of pursuing, when they're supposed, in fact, to believe there's a new rule where, where they're supposed now to believe the, the victim or the complainant right. until you can prove their... They're not saying the, telling the truth, but they didn't pursue it at all. So no. I anyway. okay. yeah, just thought yeah. I'd mention that. Okay, let's take a break, come back and talk to Gemma Cavarella about a, a success story. 3CR.
3: Three. Three. Three.
1: That was still my plum with something or other. Um, on the line we have uh, Gemma Caparella from say, Which Grey Park, big success story. <laughs> <laughs> Look on 3CR, Hello, Gemma. Kevin. <laughs> Gemma, Look on 3CR, we don't get to play that sort of thing too often, so um, we took advantage of it. But congratulations, um, and just update us, last week I believe the, the council rejected the proposal by Melbourne Victory that we've talked about a few times on this program to take over Footscray Park.
0: Absolutely, um, it was very exciting for us, Kevin. There was a council meeting last week, and just for, to catch people up, there was a, a Melbourne Victory plan. Um, to take over a very large piece of Footscray Park, which is Footscray's only real park, uh, to put in place a private soccer academy. And there's been a process that's been in play for a number of years, um, mostly without the without the public's knowledge. So Council negotiated privately and secretly with them for a number of years um, and then brought it to the public. And, and when they did, um, what became apparent was that the public were opposed to it and we've really been um, dragging council kicking and screaming to accept the public's position. And finally, on uh, last Tuesday, there was a council meeting where council finally and conclusively rejected the proposal, um, which, of course, is a huge victory for the people of the West. Um, You know, this was something that really people didn't want built. People feel very strongly about Footscray Park. It's, It's, I think, you know, the jewel in the crown of of Footscray and such a fantastic um, emblem of what our community is about. You know, if you walk down along the river, you see all kinds of multicultural groups using the park. Um, using it together and it's a place where the community gathers, um, you know, it's obviously very big environmental impact of building something down there, so yeah it's just such a huge victory um, for the people of Footscray and the people of the West.
1: Mm. And of course they set up a panel some weeks ago as a way in, in, way in putting it off for a time I, th- I suspect but that panel clearly came out against it.
0: Yeah it was um, actually, you know the panel, um, there was no one on the panel who supported it um, you know, quite interestingly, two of the councillors, um, so our former mayor, Martin Zakharov, um, and the current deputy mayor, um, councillor Megan Bridger-Darling, still tried to put off the vote. So um, they they said that they didn't like that panel because it did basically it didn't have the right people on it, which was kind of funny. <laughs> After it was a process that they put in place. Um yeah, and of course a couple of groups ended up off that panel because of conflicts of interest. So we wrote some legal letters to the council pointing out the conflicts of interest of a couple of the groups who had formal, um, relationships with Melbourne Victory. Um, and the, yeah, what, what happened was that every single person on that panel thought that the development was not appropriate for Footscray Park. And so they together recommended that council reject the proposal and instead look at seeking some funding to, um, you know, do up the lawns a bit. Um, so that our community can use it 100% of the time without you know, handing it over to a private company and then, and then getting the dregs of the park when they don't
1: want it. It reminds me of a meeting years ago we were at where we were urging the bureaucrat to call a public meeting on an issue and he said, we can't hold a public meeting, and we said, why? And he said, because public meetings attract the wrong sort of people. <laughs> um, he literally said that. Um, yeah. This sounds and the same yeah and you know to be honest
0: like the the way that the council have handled this has just been so disappointing. I mean, our first meeting that we tried to go to we were not allowed entry. we were um then kicked out when um what council referred to as a bizarrely timed fire alarm went off um and we were all escorted out of the building. So that was, that was take one at trying to get involved in the consultation process. You know, we've had really heavy handed, um, uh, tactics with police presence and security. Um, you know, so it's been a process that, I mean, what I take out of this is that it's a huge win for a tiny community, um, you know, for a small community in Footscray, um, against, you know, big corporate interests. Mm. And what I take away from that is that, you know, we were really strong, we were relentless, we were based in our community, we were listening to people's concerns, um, you know, and despite the kind of the heavy-handed tactics that we came up against, we, you know, really pushed through and got a success. And so, you know, I would encourage other communities to feel emboldened by what's happened in Footscray and to, you know, if they see something like this happening and it's happening more and more to, you know, to understand that we with community support, you can stop these kind of things.
1: Yeah, the, the, um, the panel said that the council should thank Melbourne Victory for their proposal and return to a previous plan to rejuvenate the grassland. What, what's that previous plan?
0: Yeah, so that's the 2011 master plan. So um, what they were trying to do was put something in place that kind of replaced an old plan, which was quite a good plan. You know, it was a plan to do some work on the, on the grass, um, but also to do some more tree planting um, around the edges of the um, the playing field um, and, you know, to basically put some more toilets in and do the kinds of things that you need to do in order to, you know, keep the park looking good. Um, and so really when they tried to bring in this new um, plan, they said, well, this is all about improving the park. And, um, you know, we really drew to the public's attention that there was already a perfectly great plan in place and so now that's the one that's going ahead 2011 Master Plan, which hopefully we'll see enough work done to do up the park um, a little bit, um, but you know, not so much that it um, you know it effectively changes what is a wonderful community facility.
1: Yeah, John McPherson's in the studio with me. Who's our transport expert, Johnny? Anything to say? At
2: yeah, well, not necessarily transport related, but are there are there alternatives sites that could be used for the um, for this uh, football? Um facility in the area or how does that go?
0: Yeah, so what we've said the whole time is that, you know, one of the interesting things about the West is that there's a whole bunch of disused industrial land and, you know, of course, that kind of land can be reclaimed for a flat playing surface. Um, So, you know, I think that there will be um, investigations into an area of private land around the Kaiba Reserve in Mm. in Yarraville. So the interpretation
2: Um, might be that the um, park was... Pretty a, and they like the idea of a pretty, pretty site near the river and all that sort of thing, but they yeah, don't really city need city. a site like that for the, for the football ground.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you yeah. know, we were pointing to the fact that the. The Hawthorne Football Club, I think it is, have, um, have you know put money into a, a disused industrial space out in—I mean, don't quote me on this—but Dingley or somewhere uh-huh. around there. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're they're creating a custom-built facility for themselves out there. You know, so there's precedence, and I think it's actually really appropriate because then you get to keep your green space and have an additional mm. facility. And we've always said that that we're not anti-soccer, we're not anti-the academy. But we think that we can have both. We can have both a beautiful parkland that's got some open space, which is incredibly valuable and useful, um, and also have uh, this soccer academy in the West. But, you know, in the, in the days that have followed the vote, um, Melbourne Victory have made pretty thinly veiled threats to sue council. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, I don't know whether that might mean that the relationship breaks down and, yeah. And they end
1: up building it elsewhere. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. The the other, I mean, is uh, that unrelated but also related to this, of course, is the fact that these sporting clubs, including the AFL, get so much public money and then want public assets as well. You know, $10 million of our money has gone to this club anyway, which I'm not sure they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so and, yeah.
1: you know,
0: in that sense there... They're kind of, you know, threatening, huffing and puffing when they didn't get their way is actually quite disappointing. You know, they've said the whole time that they care about the people of the West and they respect community views. Um, and then when the community have said they don't want it, they're now threatening to sue for ratepayers' money. I don't think it's a great look. Um, you know, but also, you know, it's really a matter for them in terms of what they do next. Um, the government have been clear that that money is theirs regardless of where the
3: academy is built.
1: Yeah. I want to come to that last point because the, one of the stories I read that concluded with them saying they were looking at their options. Now, I raised this with you last time we spoke, I think, um, legal options, but, but surely nothing can be legal until it's gone through council, can it, no matter what was made verbally or what other agreements were made in private before it got to that stage?
0: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Council are saying that, um, sorry, Melbourne Victory are saying that Council were contractually obliged um, to go ahead, um, you know, which is really interesting given that Melbourne mm-hmm. Victory were turning up to the public consultation, saying that they respect the public's views. Um, you know, th- I think there would be issues with any legal case that was subsequently run when Melbourne Victory were, um, you know, really giving their assent to the process of um, public consultation. It
1: seems mm-hmm. like they're
0: trying to have it both ways. But, you know, Mm. also, why did they sign a memorandum of understanding that said that there was no agreement to actually build it when now they're saying, oh, no, we intended for it to be an agreement? You know, it just doesn't really seem particularly um, forthright. It seems, you know, like they're, yeah, trying to have it both ways. And, yeah, I don't know where that will all come come to. But, you know, it's for them.
1: To try yep. out. All right. Well, look, we're going to wind it up there, but congratulations. We thought we'd give you a call and just have a bit of a gloat this morning. And uh, mm. <laughs> it's lovely to see a community group win a win a campaign like that. And well done. Yes. Yeah. Well done to all of you. It, and, yeah. and
2: you're rolling back the the corporate edge that's creeping <laughs> creeping onto every bit of public land in the, yeah. in the whole of Melbourne. Yeah. Let's get nibbled away. Would... Yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah, absolutely encourage other community groups. You know, when I first heard about this, I thought it was too big. Um, I thought it was too inevitable to do anything about... And here we are at the other side of the process, um, yeah. having fought it off. And I would just say, if other community groups are concerned about these things, absolutely give it a crack at trying to push back on it. And we're happy to talk to anyone about, you know, what we've done and how we've done
1: it. Mm. Yes, yeah, so reversing city limits normal procedure on this program. We normally make people terribly depressed, but today we're, it's very good. We've come up with a winner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, Gemma, thanks so much. And congratulations again on the campaign. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Jimmy Caparella there from that group, and uh, oh, bloody good job.
2: Mm. But the fact remains that the nib, nib well, it's There's more than nibbling. More to come. Oh, days, yeah. yes, more to come. And, yeah. and we
1: see lots of, I mean, Cadinia Park at the moment, again, is being redeveloped, and the, the tennis centre, how much of our mm. public money's gone into that? And I how much, how and they much make, public land yeah.
2: goes under yeah. those things, yeah.
1: And um, last week it was announced Rod Labour Arena's. I think in the southern hemisphere is I mean the most popular venue for, mm. for other things other than mm, tennis. No, okay, okay. They're making fortunes out of it but they keep calling on the government to expand the whole bloody joint at our expense. Yeah, really. On land that was government land in the first place. Mm-hmm. And in fact that mm-hmm. land, I keep saying it, used mm-hmm. to be the destination for the May Day march for many, many years. It right. was the Yarrabang speakers going way back pre television days. Um, it was, you know, it had great working class history that mm. very land, mm. and the working class can't go near it now. Mm. Um, mm. You know, the tennis, literally, you yep. know, people corporate. might go in for a day, but really, a tennis is a corporate event. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I'm not happy with that. <laughs> you, might, you might, Well, yes. well, the, well
2: the, you know, the new children's <laughs> hospital, you know, took up another slab of Royal Park, yep. and but that sort of things happening happens all over. Well, and they're currently, ex,
1: they're currently expanding the hockey and. Uh, Netball center we'll netball and hockey centre, mm. I in that order. But yeah. they, that was, that originally took over park land anyway, and now they're expanding it again. Mm-hmm. So, it's all over the place, yeah. yeah. Plus, you yeah, know, yeah. Collingwood Football Club's got land down there somewhere, and Melbourne have round Olympic Park, Old Olympic Park It's just it. so
2: easy for, for government yeah. to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's not doing much, this land, it's just sitting there. Because this is the point Juliana Bell made, you know. Juliana Julian. Bell,
1: yeah.
2: Mm. made That's all right. the time wasn't it that this, right. this land was, you know, was a finite resource if you, if you go grabbing yes. it all the time yes. for the next big public project or private project of course in the
1: end it's gone. Let's take a break and talk transport after the break John. Yep.
0: The City of Stonnington presents Carols at Como Park Join host Rob Mills, X-Factor's Isaiah Firebrace and more for Carols at Como Park. South Yarra will come alive with song and good cheer at this much-loved Christmas event. Bring the friends and family and be sure to stay for the spectacular fireworks display. Carols at Como Park, Sunday 15th of December from 7.30pm. Visit the City of Stonington website for details. A 3CR supporter.
2: Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12 pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3CR.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it.
1: Okay, back on air and uh, city limits. Uh, John McPherson. John, we, well, we were talking earlier about these lack of notice I mean a friend going to for her own birthday party to Ballarat because her brother lives up that way and they were having a joint one with the sisters etc going from work told to get a get a bus to Deer Park to catch the train to Ballarat but they didn't mention there was no train to Ballarat and the bus announcement um, totally confusing says you missed that I mean that's just one example Mm. so you end up going home and not going because mm. it was getting so bloody late. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, that's that's pretty sharp. I mean, yeah. I we had an experience going over to lunch at Bentley a few Sundays ago, where the, mm-hmm. the the bus replacement again, but it went up Jasper Road. People know the area. Jasper Road's quite a large, fair distance um, away from the station. Mm. Mm. Um, it dropped us off there, uh, but then so we knew where, we knew where to go coming home. But at the station, there's a, there's a sign saying bus replacement stop, etc. Mm. But nothing to tell you that wasn't there, that that actually the bus was you know miles yeah, up the yeah, road. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, there's just numerous examples you yeah, had. When yeah. I had one well, last Saturday, again, I came and the tram stop was closed in Peel Street coming mm. home from the mm. market, but nothing to say whether the tram was running or not or mm. where to catch mm. it. Mm. Um, and, again, just, you know, lack of information. Mm, I um, mm, you know, you don't mind. I think they're building new stops or something. That was the reason for this closure. But whatever. Um, if they gave you the proper information, at least you, you know what mm, the alternative mm, is. Mm, mm,
2: mm. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think there's any... It's possible to really offer them an excuse. Been, there's been a, a large program of works going on now for years, and it's going to continue to go on with these long closures Mm. of various lines, either tram or train, because they want to upgrade the track or the signalling or the something or other or put in new super stops for the trams. Sure, it's it's all great. But there's got to be a way to to get the information to people on the front line when they're at the stops. Um, You can't assume that everybody will go to the internet and look at the Public Transport Victoria website before they leave home <laughs> to check what's the latest wrinkle in their service that day. Mm. And that actually doesn't always help either, because that information isn't up to date either. So, so I think a lot of people just say, oh, well, I'll just go down at the stop and I'll grope, grope my way around, and what will come will come. But, you know, in the 21st century, I don't think it should be that bad. No, it should be possible no. to arrange some sort of coherent information system.
1: In fact, the Melbourne, probably you go back to the middle of the 20th century, mm-hmm. the Melbourne transport system was probably a lot better than it is now in many ways.
2: Well, it, well, it, it was better in a lot of ways, yeah. yeah, The fr- frequencies of things were better. Certainly the mm-hmm. trams were at higher frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and <sighs> yeah, so many, so many things. The system to me still just sort of staggers staggers along, mm-hmm. and that seems to be what everybody's everybody in charge of it seems to be, yes,
1: fairly sir. content with that. I was staggering along with, with yeah. two heavy bags yeah, exactly. over the market on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, you, the story you told me, Karen, <laughs> was
2: of you being very resourceful. You obviously had a very good detail map in your head of that whole inner northern area and you were thinking no this isn't this tram isn't working that one over there might work I can get a, this train to get there and that should be okay I can make an interchange there and every time yeah. mm-hmm. you tried you try. were thwarted I,
1: <laughs> now, I got there eventually from ended <coughs> right up at Flemington Bridge Station. But, well I think I, would, I think I would have ended up staggering to the nearest
2: pub for a re- restorative ale before I tried to go any further. Oh that
1: didn't take long when I got home John um, <laughs> the, uh, but, but the, one of the reasons <laughs> (laughs) is we do need a much more viable and frequent and um, Mm. reliable public transport system of course is that a survey in the past week has shown that Melbourne households are paying $400 a week Mm-hmm. on transport, now, yeah. it would include public but most of it would be cars the yeah. cost of cars That's and right. uh, keeping them going and it uh, talks a lot about the high cost of petrol etc <laughs> so you know, if people are paying that sort of money then they can save a hell of a lot if the public transport system were there to mm. give them an alternative mm-hmm. but many and places you know we're, we're,
2: we're, we know the, 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 the issue is supposed to be we're coming, becoming a very big city and very big cities cannot Live by cars alone, they, they just can't. The, the potential for, for massive congestion happening all the time is too, too large, mm. and so they only survive by having by having um, really comprehensive and well-working well, well working public transport systems as, as well. And mm. that's that's a lesson you can see right around the world. You know, in the west and you know in the western cities and in Asian cities and everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, the the um, and so some Asian cities haven't had metro systems that, um, and they're desperately trying to build them now but Indian cities, a lot of them are building metros to try and relieve some of the, their very bad congestion. Yeah. Same in Indonesia you know, in places like Jakarta and I think Surabaya um, yeah, it, it, just, it just is so obvious that you make the most of what you, your public transport but we do the opposite we seem to think, oh well most people would rather be in their car, so we'll just provide public transport that, that's just good enough to take the edge off the <laughs> off the, um, the, the, the car travelling mm. mass, you know, just,
1: just, just relieve it. Yeah. And on that, the, um, the Westgate tunnel project's been mm. held up because they've found polluted mm. soil, etc. Mm. Mm. Uh, but again, I, I, I saw a figure that would indicate that, um, that transurbans come out of it very well indeed in terms of money. Mm. It's putting some money into it, mm. and it gets an extension, but the extension gives it an incredible amount mm. of money mm. in extra tolls over yep. an extra yep. 10 years yep. or something. Yep. So for them, it's just wonderful.
2: And the whole calculation about how that was worked out um, is totally opaque. You know, the government and refuses to bring that information into the public domain yeah. about wh- how they calculated this this generous deal for Transurban more than generous yeah well they had
1: the audacity to come out recently and say the government should spend lots more on infrastructure <laughs> yes, uh, <that's> right. <laughs> mainly infrastructure which they end up owning infrastructure that, a, <laughs> infrastructure <laughs> that will support their infrastructure which that's is, right
2: is about, is about getting more cars on the road and yeah. one
1: of the big investment companies in infrastructure also mentioned, came out and said that uh, the spending isn't being reflected in profits for most companies including mm. themselves and the only one benefiting mm. very much from it mm is transurban mm, yeah, um, uh, so uh are well, doing alright well if
2: ever there was a company that should be nationalised I would suggest it's transurban
1: but it's the reverse it took over a public road <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know I know I you know but
2: the whole thing is fairly mad I mean when you've got a company mm-hmm. that's so close to being a, a monopoly as, as transurban is um, you know, you, the, the question then is, well, whose interest does it operate in? Mm. And of course, the, the answer is, well, the shareholders and the chief executives.
1: You and I could go into business and, uh, yeah, <laughs> Would so, that be wise? Karina can join us in business. Yeah, well, she looks, she looks well, more excited about it than we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. But she can go. <laughs> no, because I've mentioned before, but when they, when, um, they privatised uh, a city link effectively mm. and gave it to Transurban, uh, the argument of the then government with Kennett was that we need competition policy. You know, he, mm-hmm. he privatised gas, electricity, saying mm-hmm. we need competition, which has mm-hmm. worked a treat, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I argue that therefore we should have a right to go and take one of those lanes on CityLink or mm-hmm. any freeway they build, and we run it as our private. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you think yeah. a bit of competition yeah. doesn't hurt? Yeah, yeah. 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 And we could run our lane. Sure. I, I, I quite like yeah, that quite, Corina quite, agrees quite yeah. like that well, we could
2: give it we could differentiate it we could paint it a different colour yeah, that's right. <laughs> red
1: <laughs> the buses <laughs> the colour of the club yeah. um, ah, dear. John, airport rail I want yeah, to raise. Yeah. did you think you wanted to race because I don't want to to down about this but anything you uh, wanted to raise specifically no I'll go, I'll
2: go with okay. you ok because there's
1: well there's a, there's a number of disputes taking place about whether there should be a tunnel to sunshine mm, mm. Um, and indeed who should own it in the end because there's private consortiums now offering to put a third of the money in but then they own it and mm-hmm, et cetera, mm-hmm. And they're well, saying they know, can that's keep the it down a $20 dollar fare. Yeah. Why shouldn't they? I mean, you know. And the argument is that it will help uh, regional rail lines etc. So yeah. I, I know you've got thoughts on all mm. this. Well, um,
2: yeah. I, 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 there's something to be said for a new do- double track partly tunnel route from the city out to, out to Sunshine. And that would leave the present, the present tracks for suburban trains. And those, that pair of tracks could carry uh, f- faster trains from Bendigo, Ballarat and um, Geelong. And it, but I think it could also carry a reasonably frequent, fairly express service to the, to the airport from the city. That would it'd be a very full tunnel if it was doing all that. But that would be, that would be I think, a good use of it, and the benefits then would be spread quite widely. There'd be airport airport passengers who aren't only passengers, of course. They're also workers, workers at the airport, and also the the regional cities would be getting faster links. You know, it could I think it could easily chop ten minutes or more off the the time yeah. of the trains from you know places like Shillong. So I think it could be worthwhile. It mightn't be worthwhile in a monetary sense. This is mm. the, always the trick. If, but if you take the wider benefits, you know, in time-saving and p- getting people out of their cars and onto, onto public transport where they should be, all of that stuff, I think it could, be, it could be justified. It wouldn't have to be a tunnel all
1: the way to the airport. It really needs to be a no, tunnel. they are saying to sunshine and then...
2: Yeah, but sorry, I, I didn't yeah. even mean that. I meant not even as far as sunshine. It could oh, come right. up. It could probably come up onto the surface in the old Tottenham Rail Yards because that's hardly used now and that provides a fairly good route as far as Sunshine. But Sunshine would end up with this huge railway junction and I think it would have to be multi-level uh, the sort of thing they were planning to build when they uh, oh. first did regional fast, fast well, regional rail but they didn't do it because the Liberals got into power and said we can spend that money better on roads Yes, and so
1: yes. the project was never but finished they're now, they're now demanding this to be oh, done Oh of course they are Amnesia
2: is a, is a politician's <laughs> best friend <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly And uh, but, but of course <coughs> as usual it's going to be big business that determines what's going to happen more than the normal public or the average public well, like us, it, John, I, I think, thinking. I think
2: for two reasons. The governments love putting what they see as the risk over onto the private sector. And um, you know, that that they like, they like doing, they like doing that in every possible time they can. And the other, the other benefit is that they, that they keeps the investment off their books. So their investment deficit or whatever you call it, mm. you know, there doesn't look as bad, you know. It's just the way you do the sums. It doesn't really mean anything.
1: Well thus far the state government and federal government have put money in each and then the private Mm. consortium is prepared to put in Mm. about the same amount Mm. and then say we'll end up owning (coughs) it. Which includes the airport itself, the airport private airport. So I mean I I, I imagine they wouldn't keep they claim they keep fares down to twenty dollars, but I'll bet they wouldn't last at twenty for long.
2: No, well that's, that's another problem. I don't see why the, the airport fare shouldn't be at the normal fare Mikey fare, just use your Mikey marquee marquee, marquee fare. You mightn't get a luxury train, but you'd, get, yeah. you'd get, still get a comfortable train.
1: Well, that's something else you've mentioned, because they obviously want a very fast mm. service to the airport for business, mm. and that's their, that's their aim. Yep. But for other people uh, who want to use it on the metropolitan system, you've suggested, I know, there could be two different routes there, to the airport.
2: There could um, uh, but that, that is, that's muddying the waters a bit uh, but I don't think you build the, 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 the Deluxe Express first if you're going to build, a, the first one you build is the more normal normal one in my view mm. and people who want to get to the airport first, fast in luxury can bloody take a limousine or a, an Uber you know? they can still do that, nobody's mm. going to stop them doing that um, and there would uh, uh, be more room on the road. But of course, the, the people in the corporate world think, "Oh, it would be lovely to have another choice." But of course, it'd have to be comfortable, wouldn't it? Mm, and fast. And fast, yes. yes. Mm. But but they they then you know don't care about the cost because of course they, that, that'll be picked up by the corp- corporate um, um, you know owner.
1: One of the groups pushing it, of course, is the Committee for Melbourne. Oh, which, yes. And uh, ironically, of course, this program began with a group called the People's mm-hmm. Committee for Melbourne, which we formed because of the Committee for Melbourne, which, right. was, which was um, <coughs> running, um, which was the urban, at that time people like Ron Walker, but the corporate mm. cowboys running, planning and transport and everything else in Melbourne. So um, yep. anyway, they're up to their neck in this one as well, John, you'll yeah, pleased yeah. to know. And, so,
2: uh, yeah, so... It seems to me you you build something that's part of the normal public transport system. Um, I don't see how they can spend $15 getting to the airport. Um, The the tunnel shouldn't be costed as only carrying trains to the airport. A new tunnel route to Sunshine would be carrying a lot lot of V-line trains as well. So that shouldn't be costed totally as being part of the airport thing and then from there it can be on the surface until it gets to the boundary of the airport where it possibly has to go underground. Um, and then they want to build a basement station under the airport terminal. Uh, I think they could build a, a, a cheaper terminal in the air above the station, but they don't seem to want to do that because it wouldn't, wouldn't look nice. No, but I don't no. think the airport looks very nice already. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> every time they do something, it looks a bit worse. Yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: So that's that. That's pretty much my take on the airport. And dare I mention the orbital suburban rail line? That, um, uh,
1: you dare mention it? Yeah, yeah. But Andrews, just did.
2: Mr. Mr. Andrews, our beloved premier, is his baby. Part of that could be another link from the Broadmeadows line at Broadmeadows station across to the airport, and that would obviously be another link to the airport from the Broadmeadows line, which would be a good thing as well in terms of. Getting the, air, getting the airport integrated into a transport network rather than just having a link from the city. Um, and Andrews is now talking about building this orbital thing as a separate, separate sort of yeah, light, light metro, airport. light rail sort of thing with smaller trains, which is an admission that it's probably not going to carry huge patronage. No, that's right. But you'd have to make sure that the link between Broadmeadows and the airport could also carry full size trains that came from the city and then went to the airport via mm. via Broadmeadows on that same track. You'd have to make sure that those trains could share the same tracks. Otherwise, you'd be in the stupid position of building two separate lines that you um, don't don't n- don't need.
1: Yeah, I mean, given given the fact that we're talking about longer platforms on the main on the suburban mm-hmm. route, we've now got longer trains yeah. in the next year or two or three. <coughs> yeah. Um, it's fairly myopic, isn't it, to plan this whole loop thing they're talking about, the orbital loop, uh, with shorter trains, shorter platforms. Mm. I mean, doesn't that defeat the purpose? Well,
2: it does in a way, but I think they're admitting that the patronage on this orbital loop won't be all that great um, compared with um, the, present, the present busy um, suburban rail lines. So, you know, again, you ask yourself, well, do we need it now? I think there are a whole lot of other things that need to be fixed and completed before we start thinking about the orbital, orbital link. Mm. Many, many things that need fixing, just including the reliability of the current system and the, and the frequency of the current system and the fact that surely we'll have to move from six-car trains to nine-car trains. And it may, they may as well start planning that for most of the lines. Well,
1: new, the new lines they're building now, I mean, they, they, other than that loop, yes. um, they're building with longer stations too. Yes, to, yes, yes yeah. they are,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But they may, you know, they may not be able to avoid looking at the current underground city loop and asking themselves how we can lengthen the stations down there for longer trains. Mm and more passengers per train, and that will, of course, mean improvements to the escalators and all the access. But I don't think they'll be able to avoid that, um, you know, in time, because they'd like to avoid all those sort of things. They'd rather spend a huge amount of money building new infrastructure than lesser money doing a more complicated job of improving what they've yes, got. Yes, the,
1: the big project mentality, mm-hmm. I mean, as we, you, you always yep. pointed out, the, the current, grand projet the the current metro so, yeah. could have been done much cheaper and uh, much mm-hmm. more efficiently than uh, yep. the big yep. money thing goes. Yeah. Yeah. Related to all this, John, a study in the last or a report in the last week from the Victorian Climate Projections 2019, mm-hmm that um, Victoria has been getting warmer and drier and is projected to further do so for the next 80 years, even as emissions fall. Um, and it sees Victoria warming on an average from a minimum of 1.3 to 4.3, 4.3, that, depending on the emissions <sighs> projected until 2090. Uh, and It goes on about the Paris Climate Agreement, but it then points out contributing to 20% of all national emissions, 90% of Victoria's emissions are energy related with electricity generation and transport as the biggest pollutants. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say that within transport, cars represent half of the 22.7 millions of tons generated. Friends of the Earth urged policymakers to pay greater attention to cutting emissions in the transport sector. The government can apply the handbrake on emissions in the transport sector by shifting investment from toll roads to improving public transport, Lee Eubank from said. Um, so again, well, you know, totally, more, totally more, more reason to, uh, mm, to
2: build it Totally valid commentary And of course, um, electrifying transport is the way to go too uh, and, and some of that's happening Like the Melton line is you know, slated to be electrifi- double-tracked and then electrified That's coming um, and, the, and as our electricity comes more and more from renewable sources Of course, that makes electrified transport very valuable because its emissions are down near zero. Mm. Um, But, for instance, we're not very good at getting freight onto rail. We seem to... We're very bad. We're very bad. Governments make all the right noises, but nothing ever seems to happen. (laughs) It just seems to be that, you know, New South Wales, for God's sake, is, is way ahead of us on, on improving. <laughs> you see that with great surprise. I do. <laughs> 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 what are I, you going to get to New South Wales for God's Well I've, <laughs> often had, I've often had an image of Victoria as being a bit more sensible and a bit more progressive but, but in a lot of areas these days I, I, I think we've lost, lost it and we certainly lost it a long time ago in transport and I wonder, I wonder how much of it's to do with the closeness of some of our big um, transport moguls how close they are to government um, particularly in the freight area, mm. and I wonder whether they, they even they, you know, sometimes say, oh yes, we've got to get more freight on rail, but then you find their next big project is more freight on road. Um, I, I I do wonder uh, to what extent. Yeah. There's capture, really capture of government
1: Well over the years we're regularly getting promises of lines being built down to the ports mm-hmm. and the wharves And, um, and yeah. in fact even the North West Tunnel was part of the, mm-hmm. part of the excuse for that Was about better access Oh yeah, that's um, been built for um, freight Kevin That's right That's, that's, right. Not, about, um, that's not about cars So we, that's we're, about
2: fr- we're continually trucks, getting trucks, promises Yeah, Trucks will be about 10% of the flow on that, on that um, massive project and yet we're told that's what it's been built for. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. The other, I mean, apart from the air pollution that comes from um, mm. transport, we've also got problems of noise pollution. I mean, again, mm-hmm. there's been studies recently about how human noise is affecting every creature on Earth, <laughs> including the sonar effects on whales, et cetera, out in the ocean. But, um, but again, in, in cities, um, mm. it was, uh, our, our late... Friend Tom Tyra, who was yeah. a great activist on all these things, he was. Um, he 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 argued, in fact, that uh, that noise pollution was underrated as a health problem mm. um, from transport mm. and traffic. Well, again,
2: we have we have no real standards on, on diesel trucks in in Australia, and so our truck fleet is very very polluting compared with even the fleet in North America. That even there, there are there are. Programs to to force trucks to become cleaner over time, and they have been. Ours haven't. Mm. We've 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 been allowed, Our trucks have been allowed to, you know, maintain 1970s standards of, of pollution control. Yeah.
1: Well, California has set incredibly low yep. standards, which is upsetting everyone else because they well, low, low as <laughs> in low. Emissions, emissions so you mean yeah, good yeah. standards. Good no? standards, yes, like, yes, yeah, yes. almost no. That's uh, right. Well, even, yeah.
2: even the railroads in California have to meet these low, low standards because they mostly have you know, huge diesel locomotives. And so even the locomotives have to meet those standards. But here in Australia, many of the locomotives on our railway system, the diesel locos that haul the freight trains, many of them are 50 and 60 years old with the sort of pollution emissions you would imagine. From from locomotives that old, and mm. nobody nobody in officialdom seems to give a stuff. You know, it just goes on. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's we're astonishingly backward, and we are with all pollution control on cars now. There's no that no, we've got no requirements for cars to. Cut their consumption over time
1: No, there was, there was talk of it a few Earlier this year We, did, and we used to 15 or 20 years ago We did. Who don't make the cars here anymore no, anyway no. But the car companies came out and said they need time to adjust yeah. yet, yet they're making cars to much better standards mm-hmm. In other countries mm-hmm. So why can't they mm-hmm. I, and, I can't and sometimes they complain the other I way won't around. go on with that question no, you know Sometimes
2: they complain, oh we can't bring our cars in here Because mm-hmm. the fuel's not good enough so, you know, they, mm. they, they walk mm. both sides of the street. They wanted both. Of course, they wanted both ways. Yeah. But, but mm. government doesn't appear anymore to have enough strength to stand up to any of these. <laughs> none, none, whatever. I, so, all I, I can, all I can e- t- accept is a lot of people have been promised a lot of jobs after they leave politics and a lot of these mm. big corporations. Oh,
1: that's a cynical thing to I say. I know it is. But the... Um, the, 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 we're almost out of time but just to wind up the mm. year because it's our last uh, program for the year and thanks for coming in all year again and hopefully next year um, <laughs> okay. but, um, but um, do you, you want to do here. a round up of where have we, have we got anywhere this year in terms of <laughs> <laughs>
2: well we've got, yeah. had gestures in the, gestures <laughs> in the direction <laughs> of better public transport um, there have been interesting things like the north east line to uh, Aubrey. Uh, finally, I think courtesy of Cathy McGowan, the, the wonderful independent member up there, finally, all the governments realised that the, the, the people were screaming and would keep screaming about the pathetic services ah. on that line. That was a sort of lesson in some ways, but overall, yeah. it's uh, more of the same. you know more big roads, the North East link project um, you know keeps grinding forward. The twenty lane wide northeast link mm. with the outrageous tunnels, which
1: which takes away any land that could be used for a railway.
2: Yes, that's right. The, the, which yeah. was which
1: the reserve was originally designed mm-hmm. for, forty mm-hmm. years ago, or whatever yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, yeah. So we can pretty much assume the official decision is no railway to Doncaster or beyond. No, that's for sure. Mm. So. The big projects, when you look at what they actually do on the ground, roads, 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 a little bit of public transport, and as usual, it's the bus. The bus sector gets ignored. We need probably two or three times the amount of money spent on buses in mm. Melbourne that we spend currently per yeah. year, and um, that's um, that's not happening. So the bus services are on the whole shambolic, particularly in the outer suburbs, and of course there are a lot of new outer suburbs Mm. with virtually no public transport. Mm.
1: Well, there was an urban planner came out in the last couple of weeks saying that we need to get away from the cities like Melbourne. Well, Melbourne and Sydney Mm. need to move away from the planning where it's that radial route of public transport and we just need to... uh, we need to be able to move people around more easily mm-hmm. between all that, but that's where the buses come in in a great degree, but mm-hmm. very poorly in Melbourne. But if
2: you analyse where people, people move for jobs and things like that, they still ma- mainly move on radial routes. They mightn't go all mm-hmm. the way to the city from the outer suburb, but they'll move in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's right to a degree, but he's not right. I, I don't think he's right overall. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't just ignore the radial the radio current system that's got a fairly strong centre.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think his point, though, was that it's concentration on that and the others being ignored mm -hmm. altogether. Yeah. They need to... Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, that's that's true. But, I mean, the bus systems are so bad that really debating... Debating <laughs> what they could be yeah. like is almost. In fact, know.
1: calling them a bus system yeah, is crazy, it's, it's isn't it? <laughs> good, point, good point. Yes, okay, let's end the year on that happy <laughs> <little> note. <laughs> but we did end the year on a good note because we um yep, a, a victory. transport today, a victory today, although we've got two more programs of City Limits next week. We'll be looking at energies. In fact, we're going to talk about hydrogen next week with Paddy Moriarty at Monash. Terrific. Uh, I was asked by a staff member here about hydrogen, I knew nothing about it. But Paddy does, so he's going to explain it all next Can week. Can I just
2: say a couple of words on hydrogen? Hydrogen quite it likely up. has a
1: future in,
2: um, in transport fuels too. Well,
1: that's what he's talking about, mm, he's good, talking about good. But also how do you extract it, etc.? those yes. sort of technical details. well, it's got details. to be good. extracted using renewable yes. energy, yes. Yes. of course. So that's, that's part <laughs> of next week's program, and the following week will be housing as usual on the third Wednesday, and that's it for the year for us, John. But thanks for coming in all year. No, my, say goodbye. My and, pleasure. Uh, goodbye. Thank you, Karina, for doing Karina. a magnificent job.
2: Thank you for stepping in. we
3: will see you next year.